Life Practice Community. Hi, everybody. It's Alex and Yasmin back with Chaturanga. We don't know what season it is. We don't know what episode number it is. We don't know what day it is sometimes, but it's okay. We're all here. And we are here with Erin. Hi, Erin. Hello, hello. I'm so excited to be with you guys and chatting today. We're excited too. Thank you so much for coming and uh, and congratulations to Erin for being done with your lockdown. Right. Yay, freedom. Freedom. <laughs> so freedom. nice. I went for a walk on the beach today and I was just thinking how grateful I am just to be able to do that, you know, just to be able to be outside and feel the sun hitting my skin and like breeze on my face, you know, the like things that you... I mean, we, I mean, we have gratitude, right, for, for beauty and nature, but to, like, not feel it for two weeks and then to be outside and feel the sun, it's, like, just that much more grateful. It's a and good the feel. Gulf, you guys are really, you guys are lucky in the Gulf, the weather is going to get really nice soon. Yeah. You'll have that until, like, March. Yes, we're just on the cusp of the beauty of it. I'm so excited. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Gulf Fall, it exists. It exists. People don't know how to look for it, but there is a fall season in the Gulf countries. Yeah, the transition it's very, very subtle, but yeah. there's no pumpkin spice lattes. Have you? Heard yeah. That? Okay. I heard. I saw this because of that influencer, the one who you like, Alex. Khaled. Yeah. His wife was angry. <laughs> there's- you probably saw this. I posted the TikTok. She's like, everybody and their mama had pumpkin spice latte in America. I saw it on Instagram. Yeah, it was so funny. What? Why did they cancel pumpkin spice lattes? Probably uh, coronavirus. Probably. <laughs> okay. I actually think it's like budget cutting though, because they've um, financially like had everyone's had a tough year so I actually think it could be blamed on coronavirus but who doesn't want a pumpkin spice latte you know like I had a Starbucks recently but I would have gone if pumpkin spice was out I would be there Mm -hmm. yeah I barely go to Starbucks and even I'll treat myself to one every now and then (laughs) and I'll be like you know what let's go get a let's go get a PSL and walk through the park and look at the foliage maybe go buy a scarf for no reason (laughs) this year (laughs) this year winter is just gonna be like no one's gonna leave their houses it's it's, nothing is gonna happen but yeah so you guys are lucky though that weather is getting nicer and you can enjoy well now we're switching right because I used to brag in the summer about like all the trees that I was dancing in and Alex would be like it's hot (laughs) It's hot, it's hot, and it's even more hot. And I don't go anywhere. And now it's just going to be the opposite. I'm going to make it too cold. I don't want to leave my house. Well, yeah, in the winter at home, it's like you don't even want to get out of the covers. Like, I remember I would... I would come home from work when I taught in the States, and I would just get in my bed and, like, cover myself up with a massive comforter and not move because it's just so cold. Where are you from in the States? I'm from New York. Oh, upstate? Yes, upstate, basically Canada. I'm from Rochester. Like near the Adirondacks. Yeah, yeah, like over a little bit, right on Lake Ontario, Mm, right across from Ontario. 
I mean, yeah. Toronto. Just kidding. I don't know where I'm from. That's where we're at right now. <laughs> I used to go upstate a lot. My aunt lived there. She lived in Corning. So oh, okay. it's a really cute. I like upstate New York. It's nice. Yeah, it's yeah. nice not in the winter when the snow is there forever and ever. And you're like, oh, it's like last year they had a snowstorm in May. Why? Why is that necessary? It's not necessary. That's true. But last year, my sister lives in the city and she said mm -hmm. that New York City had no mm -hmm. snow last year. It was yeah. really weird. Just like the once. Disappointing. It's like if it's going to be cold, it might as well snow. That's how I feel. If it's going to be cold, there should be snow. Yeah. yeah, there has to be something to show for it. So uh, where, how did your yoga journey begin? Did you start teaching in New York or? What a question. How did my yoga journey begin? Well, I started, I started doing yoga when I was still in the States, just as kind of part of a fitness routine, you know, just to get flexible or whatever reason that people tend to start doing yoga. And then I moved to Abu Dhabi and I found a practice that was more about the spiritual aspect of practicing. And it was an outdoor practice. We were in a park and I had, I grew up in the country. I grew up like on a farm. So moving to a big city, it was like, you know, the concrete jungle, right? They refer to cities. And I didn't have the grounding, you know, I didn't have the connection to nature that I had had. So I found this yoga teacher, my first, I, I consider her my first like real yoga teacher. Um, and it was like this one time a week I would go and kind of get grounded and connect with myself, connect with soil. And so from there I started practicing a bit more regularly for myself and kind of going down this path of like, okay, what, what is yoga to me? And like, building a relationship with yoga, you know, finding a, con a connection with yoga. And then as I did that, I started to want to know more. I feel like that happens for a lot of people, you know, you like, you start on your path, and then you just want to know more and know more. And then I had really, I don't know how in depth you want to go with this, I could like go in, go in on this. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, so then I had like some really intense emotional experiences happen in my life. Basically, I got my heart broken hard. Like it was like soul crushing because, you know, we all have stuff from childhood and I definitely had a lot of codependency stuff. So it was very like end of the world. Literally, I felt my soul crack open. It was like my soul cracked. And it was in that time that like yoga became my medicine. So I feel like that's when this like evolution with me and yoga started happening was like, okay, like there's like a spiritual aspect, there's a grounding, there's uh, a connection I feel to this practice, but then it like actually started to heal me. It was actually like what I, what I needed to like breathe. I mean, I feel like that's very interesting to say with yoga, but like, actually it was like, I couldn't breathe. And then I would practice. And then it was like the weight started to lift off of me and I was able to breathe again. Uh, and then through that, it was like, okay, this is a thing that I want to be able to share with other people. You know, I want to be able to give this gift of this knowledge and this practice and, and hold space for other people because it's so powerful. And then 
I went and did my first yoga teacher training in Bali and did just a 200 hour, my first course. And I highly recommend that for everyone. I feel like everyone should go and do a 200 hour course, just giving yourself that space to do self-reflection and to dive deep into yourself, do some healing. I mean, and do yoga every day for a bit. And I don't know. I just think that it's a beautiful thing, a beautiful gift to give to yourself. So if anyone is slightly considering it, go take a 200 hour course. Um, and then from that, it was like this hunger to know more. Like you, I feel like oh, you go into a 200 hour course and you're like, I want to learn everything, you know? And then you get there and you're like, at the end of it, you're like, I actually know nothing. Like I know less now than I did when I started it. <laughs> um, so then you, like I practiced for a bit. I started teaching just in my house with friends, really low key, but started doing a weekly class to hold myself accountable to use it. And then through that, I started to want to do more yoga and learn more. And I found my, like my, who I consider, I can't call, I can't call her a guru, but she's kind of my guru. She does not like that term because, you know, none of us master this, right? We're none of us are masters of, of yoga. Um, but she is the woman who is my yin teacher. And I've taken, a, I took a 200 hour course with her. And then I took just a specialization in yin with her. And she, her name is Jackie Sadek. And she studied under Shanti Gowen, this woman Shanti Gowen, who started yoga when she was four and grew up in an ashram. And the knowledge that has been passed on to me from this lineage of women, these like powerhouse, strong, devoted women is something that I hold really, really sacred. It's a mixture of Chinese, like traditional Chinese medicine. We're working with the meridians, working with energy lines, um, and then working with like how our emotions and how things that we go through should really show up in our bodies um, and how we can use yoga to work through that stuff, you know, that sits in our bodies. Um, yeah. So I think that's where I'm at in my story with yoga. Um, so now I'm just in this space where I've had some really beautiful training and Yin is definitely what has like called my soul. Uh, it's definitely my vocation is to share Yin with others and to hold space for people to dive into themselves and connect with themselves. And then through this exploration, figure out, okay, what is sitting where? And like, how can I bring that up and clean it and make space for all that is meant in our lives because we hold on to emotions, you know, stuff gets stuck in our bodies, energy gets trapped. And then we're not flowing as freely as we can. You know, we're not as open as we can be. We don't, we're like holding on to old crap and it gets in the way of us expanding and becoming fullest versions of ourselves. So um, I think that's where I'm at right now. I'm sure I'm going to learn more. I'm sure there will be plenty. I mean, plenty of times that I want to learn more. I definitely want to learn more Kundalini and also like self-practice let's talk about that for a second in this covid time for me personally i'm also a kg1 teacher and 
was a preschool teacher and I'm a grade level lead and the beginning of the school year has just consumed me. It has just consumed me and I haven't been in as much self-practice as I want to be. Like I just did a practice before this because I was like, okay, Aaron, like get grounded, like, you know, calm your mind, calm your body so that I can be present for our little chaturanga today. And it's like, it's just like feeling that energy, like you get in a pose and the energy is just rushing. You're like, why don't I do this every moment of my life? Like, what, what am I doing? Um, yeah. So it's like the beauty of rediscovering yoga. That's what I just was feeling in my self-practice is like, it ebbs and it flows, but it's always there and you can always come back to it. And it always has like a renewed gift to give is how I feel. Okay. That's what Alex says all the time, that it ebbs and it flows. Yeah. The, yeah. It's like the self-practice and the love for yoga. So a self-practice is basically when you're doing it by yourself, no one is instructing or no one is leading or... I mean, I don't know. Not- like dove into the definition of self-practice. I think self-practice for me means that I'm practicing regularly Um, but then I'm also like there, it's like a mixture for me. It's like taking classes, but also having that time of just like me and, and yoga. Like my first teacher, she used to talk about this, like, like relationship with yoga. That was the first time I had heard that. Like you're like you and yoga, like it's a relationship that, that you work on, right. That changes, that evolves, you know, that like any relationship you have in your life. Um, and she always used to say, a seven minute self-practice a day will change your life. Just seven minutes. Just taking seven minutes to breathe, to move, you know. Yeah. I don't know, Alex, what would you say is self-practice, like in your training and your definition? Well, first of all, I suck at it, by the way. Um, I'm like no longer going to pretend that I like have it together because my practice looks like... Um, not what a what a what you should you would imagine a yoga teacher to have like you would imagine a yoga teacher to get up every morning at like 5 a.m and do their thing I'm not one of those people um and but I think you're right the way you defined it it's like doing it by yourself um I love to take other people's classes I find it very inspiring and um I would say I do more of that than practicing on my own yeah yeah, I feel like for me, I actually, like sometimes when I, when I need to be pushed, I take, I need to take other, I need to take other people's classes to help push me. If I feel like I'm like getting stuck in my like space of whatever it is. And I feel like I need to like get a little bit out of my comfort zone, but I also just like, I think I actually enjoy yoga the most when it's like just me in the mat. You know, and it's, it like, is this really yummy flowing of like listening to, okay, do this now. And like, okay, I need this now. You know, when you're just like really connected with what your body is craving and asking you for. I really, really enjoy that. Not that I get up every morning and do it, right? It's like this, no, I don't rise and shine and do it. But when I do do it, it's like a really delicious experience. I've always wanted to be one of those people who just like gets up in the morning and does yoga. I remember in Kuwait, I don't know, Priscilla did teach for us here for a while, didn't she? 
She did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She taught for us for a while. Um, but she owns her own studio in Taiwan. And I think it was just, and she also went back to teaching kindergarten as well. And so I think it was too much for her to carry on, but she was with us for a couple months and her classes were amazing. And she was also just such an image for that like, self-practice. I remember uh, I used to, I went through a period where I was going to a live at like 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. like right when it opened because I liked doing yoga right before work rather than getting through the traffic and being annoyed and being like, oh God, now I won't go home till eight, you know? So, um, and I was leaving and I just, I saw her at the, do you remember the little Zen garden that yeah. they had alive? Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> like. And I remember just seeing her in ragdoll and like <laughs> shaking and she just seemed so content and so serene. And I was like, I think that's when I first really discovered or understood what a self practice was. I was like, she's literally about to teach hours of yoga classes and she's doing this and it's pretty cool. You know, it's, I always kind of wanted to be like that or like Madonna in that movie. You know, the one where she has the kid. I always bring this movie up. One where she, with her best friend and her, they have a kid together and she's a yoga instructor. My my worst downfall with people is usually the fact that I don't know any movies. I literally know no movies. (laughs) It's a constant thing in all my relationships. I just don't know any movies. (laughs) I shouldn't tell you that you remind me of Marissa Tomei then because that's been driving me crazy. I don't know who that is. I don't know. We love her. It's fine. Okay. (laughs) Marissa Tomei is great. But yeah. Um, uh, But you know, I have taken your yin class before and I haven't taken it there. I have, I never, I, I think I only took it like once or twice because I don't usually practice on Saturdays, (laughs) but um, uh, I really enjoyed it. And I did feel like you approach yin in such a deep way. I could see that in when uh, I practiced with you, I felt it. And I've heard others say that as well, like yin with Aaron is just, it's something else, you know? So thank you for sharing your story. It makes uh, more sense, like just putting your journey into that. Yeah, I feel like it's just, it's, I feel like yin with Aaron is actually yin with Jackie. That's what I would say. It's like, it's literally just this knowledge that was gifted to me. And it's all about, it's all about why are we in this position, right? Not just, oh, I'm stretching a muscle or, or I'm opening this part of my body. It's like, why, why was this shape created the way that it was created, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you've enjoyed my class. Makes me yeah. It always makes me feel, but it's like this like awkward feeling of like, I'm so glad you enjoyed it, but also like, and I, you know what, this is interesting, hashtag like counseling session, but like a self-worth thing of like, like, and I don't know, like the idea of like holding space for people in that way, you know, and it like it being you that's holding that space mm-hmm. because I don't, 
I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't even feel like it's me when I'm doing it. Does that make sense? Does that make sense to anyone else? Interesting. Huh? Interesting. I don't know if I would, if I would say the same thing. Yeah. Maybe, well, yeah. maybe at different points. Yeah. What do you mean by that? It's just like, I think, I think it's like, cause like you want everyone to have like an incredible experience when they come to your class. Right. But it's like, I think I just never know how to respond when someone's like, that was an amazing class. I don't know. Like, I'm glad it was an amazing class. You're welcome. Yeah. Classes yeah. are amazing though, Erin. I think, I think your class is the most regular class that I attend of classes on the Mindful Life practice. Um, it's like the best way to end the weekend. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Yeah. And it's like, I very much see, I think this is part of the reason that Yin has called me so strongly is because I very much see Yin as the antidote to this lifestyle that humanity has created. Right. Like, and I, I mean, we're in this huge shift right now of, Hey, that was not sustainable. Like the way we were doing things was not sustainable for the planet or for us as human beings. And we're in this period of like, Hey, we need to figure it out a different way because that doesn't work. But I, I see yin as, as the medicine to counteract that, you know, the, the, like the busyness and the always having something to do and being in our minds and being outside of ourselves and also the constant stress, right? Like the human body was not created to be in this hyper overdrive all the time. You know, we were not created to accomplish the amount of things that, that we currently accomplish in a day. Like that's just not how our nervous system was set up. You know, maybe in evolution, eventually it will, it will change, but it's not. And what ends up happening is we're in this overdrive state and we're just dumping on our organs, right? Cause they're, they're taxed. And then we start getting disease or our body breaks down or we get injured, you know? And I see yin as like the space to release that extra stress, the, the space to actually give our body the chance to rest and reset and rebuild a bit. Um, so, I mean, for me personally, I think that yin is just, it's just like a really important thing for people to have access to so that we have the ability to take ownership of our own health, you know? Do you think that when people get frustrated while they're doing yin, that's them resisting it? No, I mean, sometimes it's you releasing, right? Sometimes I get pissed in a pose. I was just in Fallen Tree and I was in it and I was like, oh yeah, cool. This is going to feel so good. And then all of the sudden it was like fire in my shoulder. Like literally like someone was searing my shoulder with a fire something. And I was like, dude, this was fine when I got in it. What is going on? And then I was pissed about it for a bit. And then it's like, okay, like actually this is a release, you know, just like recognizing that like that sensation or that intensity or that discomfort is your body releasing something and then allowing it to do that. But I don't, I don't always think that I would say it's like, it's resisting it. Sometimes it just like needs to come up. And sometimes if it's like anger or frustration or you're pissed about it, like that's because that, that emotion got stored in your body someone, somewhere and it just needs to have the ability to be let go. So that's just it, letting itself go, which is good. But what if somebody has like um, 
this is also something I always wondered. Maybe there aren't any real rules to this, but like, like personally, my body has been hurting a lot lately. It's like, if it's not my legs, it was my back. This week, it's my shoulder. And it's really been slowing down my personal practice a lot to the point where I couldn't, I could barely handle a gentle flow the other day. So when somebody is in physical pain, Mm -hmm. should they be avoiding even just like slow practices like yin or restorative? No, I think that, I think the body, it's giving us clues, right? When you experience a pain in a certain place, like in my yin speak, right? In like my yin view, that's your body giving you a signal that your kidneys are being overtaxed and that maybe it's time to do some like detoxifying for the kidneys, maybe in, in like your diet or with, with yoga poses. Um, so it's just like clues, right? It's your, it's your body just saying like, Hey, this thing is, there's energy stuck here or it's not working right now. I need you to like pay attention to, to whatever that is, you know? Um, And for me, that comes back to like meridian lines, right? It comes back to the the energy lines of our body. And so if there's a pain in an area, figuring out like, okay, like what meridian line is that? What organ is it connected to? And what does that mean? Hmm. Yeah. You know, and it's funny because like, after the class that I took the other day, it was Christine's class. I was struggling the first half and like, I felt the pain and there were all these poses that I used to be really good at, or they used to be my favorite postures and I was just dreading them. Then halfway through, I just kind of gave in and later my legs felt so much better because I could feel that they were flushed out a little bit. Like I walk every day, but I, you know, when you can just feel the inside of you is completely dry, like you need to be lubricated. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Alex says this like in her Vin and Yin class, you know, it's like sometimes like the thing that you don't want to do is, well, most of the time, the thing that you don't want to do is the thing that you need the most. Right. So like you're saying like in a practice when you're like this, actually don't feel like doing this or actually my body doesn't want to get in this position. It's because your body really needs it. And there's like something stuck or like a, something resisting there. And then when we do it, we feel so much better for it. Oh God, guys, please don't tell me I need side plank. Actually, I always forget to say that is my least favorite <laughs> posture. So Aaron, if you listen to this, we usually ask this more towards the end, but while we're on the topic, yeah. we always, uh, we say, which of the, which five poses do you, uh, to put it positively, need the most? Five poses. I mean, it doesn't have to be um, fish. Okay, so I'm a Gemini. If you've come to my class, you probably heard me say this, but um, I'm a Gemini, and so my chakra is throat chakra. Like my life lesson is learning to speak my truth. The Gemini's have no problems. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, some of us, or some of us, are learning it, right? Um, but so. A lot of times things that are opening the throat. So like fish is not super fun for me. Sometimes camel makes me feel like I'm going to vom. Like really, like I get into, I get so nauseous in camel sometimes. Um, What else do I really? 
I don't, let me, let me have a think about this. It depends on the day. It's a, it depends on the day, I would say. I think that like, I mean, classic chair pose is not my favorite thing to hang out in. Um, yeah. Sometimes dangling. Um, there's some days I'm like, yes, let's dangle. And then there are other days. Like there was one time, Alex, I took your class. And you're like, we're going to do dangling now. And I was like, no, not doing it. I actually, <laughs> I did it. I did it. But I hated it the entire, the entire time I was in the pose. I was like, this is the worst moment of my life, you know? And then I felt better after, obviously. But um, yeah, I feel like that's it. There's a, a yin pose called heart block where you take a block and you put it on like, along the bra line and it pushes and opens the heart and your head is down, top of your head is down. So your throat is fully opened. And that pose, I wouldn't say it's my least favorite. It just like makes me nervous because they always have a really big release in it. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a pose I like tread into lightly and I always make sure there's someone around me when I'm doing it. I don't ever do that one by myself because I usually have a pretty big release in it. Um. Sounds like a theme with you in like camel, heart block, like anything yeah. that is advancing through the chest and the. Yeah, it's all the throat. It's all my throat chakra. It's like, speak your truth. And maybe it's about speaking it on like a broader stage. Like this, this, ooh, interesting. It like comes back to the, like being able to say like, yes, I provided a class that was like great for you, you know? And then it's, it's me believing in myself that I have the ability to share this with a broader audience, right? I feel like that definitely comes back to this throat. Also, a lot of those poses also work with the kidney lines. And like in my lineage, especially my female lineage, there's a lot of fear um, that has been passed down generationally. So... I'm like here in this lifetime to like change that fear story that's been going on. So some of that is like the fear working its way out for me too. What's your moon sign? My moon, cancer. I was gonna say you have a water moon. I knew it. I was gonna guess Pisces because because Gemini is like, I, I'm sorry if that was kind of like an aggressive joke. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Geminis are my favorite. I uh, do you follow not only Ge not all Gemini. <laughs> I do not. I did not know that was a thing. But it's, it's I a really it. funny account. Yeah, it's a it's a great account. But Gemini's are my favorite, and uh, these days, like, you guys have really made a comeback. <laughs> like Gemini's were annoying 10 years ago and now one of my best friends is a Gemini we always talk about this and now Gemini's like are bursting through being like we're the best ones because Gemini's are so funny and so clever and so facts and so like I want to I want to not educate people but like spread awareness to people mm -hmm. they do it in a very lovely way and That's but cool. yeah Cancers are definitely more reserved and mm -hmm. a little more scared. Like they always go back into their shell. Mm -hmm. A lot of water signs are a little bit 
a little bit more reserved. So yeah, I could sense a, I was like, okay, then you have to be like a water moon. There has to be something there. There it is. There's you my know? cancer. Yeah. Gosh, it's I, so interesting. I have a question. I don't know enough about astrology. Mm-hmm. Um, you said that throat chakra is your, um, it like a, connects to being Gemini. Is there like chakras for different birth, um, I think sign, birth sign. Like for zodiac signs? For zodiac signs, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. For every zodiac sign, there's a, there's chakras. What's Aries? Do you know? Aries? Probably third eye, I feel. I could see that. That's just a guess. Yeah. Aries, I almost want to say it's solar plexus. Hmm. Can I look it up? Yeah, look it up, please. I'm, I'm curious. Um... Alex, you're a classic Aries, by the way. When you told when I found out you were an Aries, I was not surprised. What makes Aries? <laughs> like, yeah, Aries are great. Aries I are great. My like besties are Aries. Two of my best friends are Aries, and I'm marrying an Aries. So oh. Wait, you're engaged. What? I'm engaged. <laughs> when he got stuck here for five months, and then why didn't you tell anyone? I'm, well, because it's not like I don't like have a ring. It's not like an official. You know, it's not like social norm this is the way it goes step one step two step three um but it was just like a hey we were just quarantined for five months like you're the human i want to hang out with so let's just like do that congratulations um that's so so lovely it's very exciting yeah solar plexus Hmm. Ooh. i think i mean that's what I think. Hang on, guys. Where's the solar plexus? <laughs> it's on the bottom. Solar plexus, it's here. It's about personal power, right? It's Okay, yeah. No, that does make sense. <laughs> well, mine's probably not hard to guess. I'm a Leo. Heart, right? That's heart. like... A beautiful heart. The Leo, the Leo is a walking heart. Walking <laughs> hair and walking heart. There's, we're very obvious. Well, I don't know. No, I found one thing that says solar plexus and one that says root. Mm. Mm. Your root for root <laughs> makes sense for Aries. Aries I love think. Leos. I just want to say <laughs> they're the only they're the only sign of the entire zodiac that truly appreciates Leos. <laughs> I, Everyone love, I love Aries and Leos. Oh yes. my gosh, this is Basically. a good room then. Oh yes, here we are. We yeah. Do some kind of workshop on um on zodiac signs and horoscopes and chakras and I would be really interested in that. That I mean, would I don't know everything. I'm definitely still learning. It's like something that I'm really are we talking to me? Yeah. <laughs> you should do a workshop for us. <laughs> I would come to that and I would interrupt everything. <laughs> I would be like, you guys can come read it. Together. We could do it together. Yeah. I actually have this gigantic book. <laughs> yes. What is it? <laughs> My best friend gave it to me a couple of birthdays ago. Um, and it just, it like analyzes every single day of the year that someone is born. So like you get like April 19th, which I just opened up to. And then it's like born this day and 
and then it's just like it says your numbers and planets and your tarot and your health and just like and they give you a mantra. so interesting like astrology and numerology are two things that I don't know a ton about but I just find so interesting so interesting you know like it really affects us like as I started teaching yin I started really like honing in on the moon cycle like I just started it just started happening like I would plan a new moon class and a full moon class and like the cycle of it um and then when you really think about like or learn about like what is the energy saying right now and then see how it's playing out in your life and like in the life around you it's like oh wait this like actually is real <laughs> like mm-hmm. this you know it's like there's something to this that's how I personally feel I agree with that actually yeah. and I think everything is definitely it's all connected and it's all different energies and that's why we have moon signs and ascendants and like different planetary alignments within us and they do like they do affect us i know people think that like people think that it's culty or people think that it's too fantastical for them to relate to which is totally fine yeah but not for everyone but i find not it for everyone yeah but you know it's just the way that i personally connect like even me, I'm a Leo, but most of my birth chart are earth signs. Mm. And I didn't discover that until I was older, but I'm very drawn to the ground. I'm very, very much like I need to be low to the ground. Mm. Most times I live in the first floor. You know, I'm always like, even just when I'm hanging out with people, there's extra chairs around. I'll sit on the floor naturally you know, and my, my safest, my safest space ever is under a tree. Like, I like being under a tree. It just makes me feel better. And I'm also a snake. So I, I call myself a garden snake, you know? Um, yeah. It, I think it makes sense, honestly. Yeah, I think there's like, nothing. With it. Yeah. It's like understanding another layer of yourself. That's how I feel when I started learning about like, okay, like what's my moon sign? What's my ascending sign? Like these other different aspects of my personality or like you say, like things that you're drawn to, like I'm bringing in awareness to like, Oh, like maybe that's why that's there. Right. Like that's, that's what that is for me. Like understanding it. Alex, I wonder what your birth chart is. Is this what we're turning the episode into? Cause I'm down. Like, should we just check Alex, Alex's birthday? No, can we look right up her birthday? Like, I wasn't, I want, when you brought that book out, I wanted to be like, what is Alex's birthday? Can we look? Wait, what about your birthday, too? <laughs> okay, let's do the birthdays. So, our guest of honor, Erin, what's your birthday? June 10th. June 10th. Yeah, you're born in that week when it was everyone's birthday. We had, like, five MLBC birthdays in a week. There are a lot of June babies. Yeah, so many. It's true. Ooh. Oh, June 10th is the day of laughter and sadness. Mm-hmm. I personally think that's beautiful. Judy Garland has your birthday. I don't know. Judy Garland, uh, Wizard of Oz. <laughs> you really okay. don't know. I, know, I have seen that movie. That's Star- the one movie I have seen, yes. <laughs> Who else? So Judy Garland, uh, she's also Liza Minnelli's daughter. Um, is there anyone else who's cool? Has your birthday? I feel like there might be, but Judy Garland is definitely a a great uh, person. So okay, 
For June 10th people, life clearly has its ups and downs. The more successful born on this day managed to synthesize and reconcile opposites, happy and sad, manic and depressed, funny and tragic. The less successful can be driven crazy by pendulum swings from light to dark and back again. For some June 10th people, it is when they are pushed to desperation that they become the most gutsy. One could say that those born on this day aren't afraid of anything because they are afraid of everything. Indeed, they often take tremendous chances trying to bring resolution to dilemmas. Those born on June 10th may seem happy, go lucky, or at least bittersweet. But if some scratches below this, but if one scratches below the surface a bit, there is a darker side to their life. I'm not a great person at reading out loud. <laughs> I just realized. But does any of that resonate a little? Yeah, I feel like some of it, well, first of all, I was just talking about fear, right? Like I was just talking about like fear being a thing. And then also talking about like how, like I was, my soul was like cracked open, right? Like this despair, right? That then leads to, what did it say in the book? You know, it's like, like being in that space of despair that then leads to direction or, or like, you know, purpose. So yeah, I mean, definitely. And like, like highs and lows. Oh my gosh. <laughs> definitely. It was like, I think as I've gotten older and like this more awareness, right. You, they talk about like, being evolved in your sign, right? Like being, growing spiritually in your sign. Um, but when I was younger, it was like constant high, super, super highs. And then like really, really like dark nastiness, right? And then it would, sw it definitely that pendulum thing. I totally relate to that. But I think as I've gotten older, as I've learned more self-care, as I've like learned yoga practice for myself, it definitely has even now a lot more not so many like wow, wow. yeah but thanks for reading that of course I just like listening to your voice I, I don't know I just really enjoy listening to your voice that's really so nice thank you I love that I always thought I had the nasaliest voice ever I also I don't like my laugh uh I'll send you this though it is a little long but do you want me to read about your number since I know you said you like numerology, that's just a My tiny little... My life path thing. number, isn't it? Is it a six? Well, it says here that those born on the 10th of the month are ruled by the number one. Oh. And okay. by the sun, and by the sun. And people born on the first generally like to, to be first in what they do. Mm. Is that true? You don't have to answer. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, yeah, let's do it. Um... I like to be very good at what I do. Yeah. There's a bit of perfection. And you tend to be ambitious. Yeah. Yeah. You tend to be ambitious. And June 10th people often manifest this drive subtly, directing others from behind the scenes. Mm, yeah, that's, that's true. But my ascending is a Taurus. So Ooh. I feel like, yeah, just like take the reins sometimes. But yeah, I get that. My moon's in Taurus. Mm. So, yeah, uh, but for me, it's, it's all about spaces. I'm very, very cozy. Alex, do you want us to look at yours real quick? I do. All right. So you're April. I, because I have a lot of friends born on April 27th. Is that you also? You're very close. I'm April 7th. 
Oh, okay. Yes, you and Siobhan. So if Siobhan is listening. Yeah. She's April 6th. Oh, she's April 6th. Okay, I'll send hers. And <laughs> that way we don't have time to read all of these. We have yeah. to... <laughs> But I love, I love the direction this episode has gone into, by the way, just like a whole astrological kind of vibe. It's really fun. Um, all right. So you are <laughs> the day of enthusiastic belief. Okay. And you have this little emblem of a fish that's smiling. It's really cute, actually. I don't know if you can see it. that's so happy okay those born on april 7th infuse everything they do with an enthusiastic and energetic commitment however if they are unfortunate enough to have experienced an unhappy childhood due to either their parents or environment they will carry a certain lifelong sadness with them april 7th people often display great enthusiasm and creativity in their younger years only to settle down into a more predictable or comfortable groove. On the other hand, as children, those born on this day may waste much of their energy on rebelliousness. And despite the fact that many April 7th people grow increasingly wise with the passing years and less reckless, anger can continue to be a problem for them. Oh my God, you have Billie Holiday's birthday. Ah. I know that's so cool. <laughs> I can't even pick. I, I love Billie Holiday. I think personally. I just Jackie Chan. That's the celebrity I always think of. <laughs> Jackie Chan. Um, I mean, yeah. When I send you this, it's just, it's just really like it's like a long little column. It's so people. interesting. I have a I have a friend who's born on April seventh too, and like. Something that I always think of when I think of her is road rage. Like, and then you're like, anger may continue to be a problem. <laughs> road rage is so real for her. No. That's funny. But it's true because like, you know, when you are just, uh, when you're always talking about how you're a retired party girl. Oh yeah. Oh, I kind of remind me of that, you know? It's like you were rebellious and you were younger and then now you're just kind of like. Totally. Yeah. Oh, that's really that's cool. just the enthusiastic. What is it? Enthusiastic believer. What is it? The enthusiastic, the day of enthusiastic belief. Oh, that's and so energetic cool. commitment, which the MLPC, the reason why we're all here, okay. right? So it's because okay. of that energetic uh, commitment and belief. And you're, you are ruled by the number seven, which oh, is. I was going to you are characteristically a restless lover of change and travel. I wish you that's accurate. Yeah. I'll send you guys uh, snapshots of these in a reading way so that you can read them properly. So new service on the MLPC. You can book one-on-ones with Yasmin to uh, <laughs> teach you guys. Okay? Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I'm, like, turned into, like, a Madame Zelda type. <laughs> you know, those old timey whatever <laughs> and when we're uh promoting this episode i'll like give it a fleetwood mac kind of background music <laughs> just make it all like nice and spooky mm. 
Oh, cool. But you know what? I really do think that the Libra season is the perfect time for this. I'm always like, October rolls around. Let's break out the tarot. Let's start manifesting things. Let's yeah. rinse our crystals under the full moon. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's just so, let's wear some fringe. Yeah. I think the full moon is on the 31st this year. I saw. There's a full moon on the 31st. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're finally getting a bone. <laughs> oh, well, we have to start wrapping this up because um, our hour is almost up. But does anyone have anything they'd like to say to feel complete? This was so lovely. Um, Sorry, I just jumped right in. I feel like hearing your story, Erin, like I've always known that you're like a brilliant teacher and then hearing the journey of how you came to yoga, it just like, it almost like gave me shivers um, and made me feel more just like connected to to your teaching. So so thank you for sharing that with us. Thanks for listening and thanks for, I don't know, just thanks for asking me to do it. I feel like you know, Yasmin, I didn't really know you before now. And it was just so nice to chat with you and to get to know you more. And your laugh, like to listen to your voice and your laugh. I don't know. It just brought me a lot of joy. So That's so nice. Thank you. And uh, thank you for letting. I love that you were so willing to play, you know, and, and like just open up this whole fun world of astrology and Zodiac. And yeah, I, I really, I should make it a point to come to your classes more often. Are you still teaching on Saturday uh, at noon? Saturday. Yeah, yeah. North American time. Yeah. So that's 8 p.m. Abu Dhabi time. Yes. Yeah. And that is Yin. Yin with Aaron, guys. Don't miss it. And uh, yeah. This week we'll be doing Libra season. Where I'm doing a focus on Libra season. So getting We're into the balance and this energy, yeah. You do tend to point out like the moons and planetary alignments and everything. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I remember that you did that the one time I, and then I smiled and I was like, Oh, I should come back next week. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Saturdays, you know, it was a bit more social, but now second lockdown, <laughs> I'll be there. Oh man. Yeah. Oh, seriously. Well, thank you so much, Aaron. And, uh, Guys, thanks for listening. Please remember to rate, share, subscribe, and we'll see you next week. Bye. The Mindful Life Practice Community.